Hello everyone and welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today we're going to be getting into part four of the series on power. Uh, we're going to be shifting into uh, monotheism and the changes that made in the power system. If you remember back when we spoke about polytheism, the uh, kings and upper nobles would always trace their bloodlines directly to the gods. Um, this gave them sort of a unapproachable spot in the hierarchy from anyone underneath them. Anyone underneath them would have completely human parents and have human bloodlines. Uh, and as we talked about in the episode on polytheism, uh, the literature, the songs, the poems, everything was built around the idea of reinforcing that hierarchy. You know, the gods were at the top with one god generally at the top of all of them. Uh, the king was in the next position down, uh, below the gods, but above the rest of the humans and connected by blood to the other gods. Uh, when, there, when you're having a system like this, uh, there starts to be problems, though, with holding on to power. One of them is that since there are multiple gods and goddesses, uh, it's possible for people to think, well, maybe if uh, my god can overthrow their god, uh, then I can move up the hierarchy. Um, and so it's much less control. Uh, there's much less unification of beliefs. Uh, the people would each follow sort of whatever their patron god or goddess was. Uh, generally, the gods and goddesses were over all of the different professions and the arts. You know, there were gods of music, gods of poetry, gods of uh, building, gods of agriculture. Um, so all of these things uh, meant that people would be having slightly different uh, systems that they were going by, depending on which god or goddess was their uh, highest one. Under monotheism, this changes. Uh, under monotheism, there is only one god, therefore only one correct way. Only one right ruler, only one right way to see things. Um, you couldn't have other gods intervene for you, uh, or try to get them to intervene for you. The system was much more rigid and much more standardized. Uh, as with the polytheists, the monotheists also... Um, the, the royalty in the, the monotheism uh, had to align closely with the clergy, had to align with the priests and, um, in order to keep that power. Now, under polytheism, they could claim direct bloodlines. Under monotheism, none of the monotheistic religions uh, would ever go for something like that. They wouldn't allow you to claim you were a direct blood relative of the gods if you are of God. You were not part of God and part human. Um, that kind of thing would be seen as sinful and heretical. So you wouldn't be able to do something like that. So there still had to be some way, though, for the kings uh, to be able to claim uh, authority. And one of the ways that the uh, kings claimed authority was they talked about the divine right of kings. You know, the kings were the chosen person who was supposed to lead the nation, lead the tribe, um, lead the empire, whatever it was, uh, and that person was chosen by God, which meant you couldn't question that choice. You can't overthrow a king just because 
he's a bad king. Uh, the idea that was put forth is that if you have a bad king, that's because you've been bad people and you've done something to deserve this. Uh, and even to overthrow a bad king would be going against the will of God. So you have this idea of the divine right. Um, now, in the earlier periods in Christianity in Europe, uh, the church actually held more power than the kings did. Uh, the Pope was a much more powerful position than any of the kings. And the kings had to, and queens a little later, had to um, either swear allegiance to the Pope, which meant they were underneath the Pope, or they risked being excommunicated. And since the Catholic Church was basically the only uh, Christian church in Europe, uh, that meant you had no chance for salvation. Excommunication meant you were damned to hell for all eternity, and your people were damned to hell for all eternity for following you. So the Catholic Church held most of the power through the Pope for a long time. One of the things that starts to break this is the Protestant Reformation. The other thing that starts to break this is the, um, is the Black Plague the Black Death in Europe. Uh, the Black Death basically uh, starts getting people to question the uh, infallibility of the church because the church told people, you know, go to church and pray, uh, and it didn't seem to be any difference in who was dying from the plague. Uh, rich and poor, good person and villain, it didn't matter. The plague was killing indiscriminately. And so this kind of shakes a little of their foundation and gets more of an idea that this is not an infallible group that knows everything. The other thing that starts to shake the foundation is the Protestant Reformation. Um, this, is, uh, this is a challenge to some of the abuses that were going on within the church, and it ends up eventually leading to uh, different Christian religions being formed. Uh, Lutheran, uh, the Church of England breaks away, uh, forms their own church under Henry VIII. And so you start to have still monotheism, but differences in nation by nation. And this is sort of where the kings and queens take back some of that power. Uh, now they don't have to worry about being excommunicated by the Pope. They have their own church and their own nation, um, and so they are still on the side of God. So you start to get a breakdown of the uniform power of the church. One of the reasons that the church was able to hold this power for so long under monotheism is that no one outside of the church was even allowed to read the holy texts. Uh, one of the things that could happen if you were, it was found out that you were reading the texts of the Bible, uh, you could be thrown in prison, you could be tortured, you could be executed, burned at the stake. There were all sorts of things that could be dealt out as punishment for that. Uh, with the Protestant Reformation and with the other uh, nations uh, starting to break away and make Protestant uh, sects, uh, you have a push for religion and the Bible being something that is accessible more directly to the people. In England, the kings start to allow translations into English. Uh, the Bible was originally, uh, under the Catholic Church, uh, all in um, Latin. So unless you could read Latin, you couldn't read the Bible. 
the kings of England started uh, putting together Bibles that were written in English. Um, the most famous of those being the King James Bible. This diffuses the power of monotheism a little bit, but it still keeps a pretty good hold because once you're kind of within a sect of monotheism, to go against that means you're pretty much going to be excommunicated from that sect. Um, and in the earlier days especially, uh, this wasn't something that could be done without severe consequences. You know, in modern times we think about how much easier it often is for a person to leave whatever faith they were, uh, at least in some areas, um, and not uh, have to worry as much. Yes, they might be shunned by their old family and friends, but they could still go on living their lives. Uh, under um, the earlier Christian churches, to leave um, risked the punishment of imprisonment or death. Um, it was basically seen as treason against the church and treason against the king or queen. So the power was very much situated in a few hands. And we've talked a little bit in the past about how um, one of the things that the people in power often will do is give a tight grasp on the knowledge, on the information. Whoever controls information really controls a society. If you can control the narrative that people live by and believe, uh, you can control the people because they will eventually, through um, religious education, uh, begin to see these things as chiseled in stone. These are the words of God. These are the words of our culture, our religion, and these cannot be challenged. So monotheism sets up much firmer holds over the people in each kingdom, and it also sets up a much more unified system than what the polytheists did. You know, each of the gods and goddesses would have different festivals for them. Uh, different towns might drift more towards one god or goddess than the other. Uh, under monotheism, everything becomes uniform. The holidays are all the same. You are celebrating the same holidays, the same uh, rituals, the same sacraments, regardless of what part of the kingdom you live in. doesn't matter which city, and if you are under a religion that is multiple kingdoms having the same religion, you're going to be having the same ceremonies and rites and beliefs as those other kingdoms as well. Uh, I'm going to break off on this for now. Uh, I wanted to, I do want to try to keep these uh, short because I know most people don't want to listen to extremely long lectures, but we will pick up in the future and go into more detail on some of these things. I hope you are all doing well, and I hope to speak to you again soon. Have a good night.